So what does the resurrection of Jesus have to do with my life? You'll see on the screen here, uh, we call this promises, promises. And what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm not going to read you the entire gospel of John. No one would forgive me for making you wait that long for your Easter dinner. But we're going to go through a lot of what Jesus said about himself. John's gospel gives us a lot more of the direct words of Jesus. So we're going to look at what John wrote down of what Jesus claimed about himself. And I think you're going to find pretty quickly, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, a lot of what Jesus says about himself is fairly meaningless because he would have been wrong. Uh, and he would not have had the power that he claimed. Uh, so in a little bit, we're going to get through, uh, just go through a list, and you're going to see them on the screen. And I promise, oh, it's dangerous when I make promises like this. I promise I'm not going to preach every one of them. <laughs> Here's the deal, you guys. Jesus' sacrifice. So what? For God to be both good and just. He cannot let the sins that people have committed against you go unchecked or unpunished. It's easy when we say it that way, isn't it? God can't let the sins that were committed against you go unpunished or unchecked. What's not so fun to say is for God to be both good and just, he can't let the sins that we have committed against others go unpunished either. I don't want to think about that part. Easier for me to think about however people, others have wronged me or how others have sinned against God. But when we start thinking about how I've wronged other people and God calls every one of those a sin against him, that's kind of scary. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The wages have to be paid, though. The wages of sin is death. They have to be paid to someone. So the question is, do you want to get paid the wages of death, or sorry, the wages of sin, or would you prefer someone else receive those wages? I don't want to get paid my wages, the wages for my sin. I don't want that. So a perfect sinless sacrifice was given in our place. Jesus became the perfect sinless sacrifice. This was God's plan from the beginning. Knowing sin would enter the world, knowing the world and we would be destroyed unless he intervened. So Jesus, who is God the Son, willingly came to this earth, leaving heaven to enter his creation and save his creation, including us. Every person who will trust in him. Every person. It doesn't matter what you've done, how bad you think you are. Like, it, John, if you knew what I've done in my life, if you knew the ways I have sinned against other people, you would never say to me that this includes me. And yet, Jesus says, yes, it does. It includes every one of us who will trust in him. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, every one of us, and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift 
through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. That basically means an atoning sacrifice. It's one of those fancy words. Propitiation, an atoning sacrifice by his blood to be received by faith so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. This is how God can be both just and good toward you. Good toward me. So the resurrection. So what? Okay, Paul, the apostle to the nation, said God will judge all of creation by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. That's in Acts 17.31, Paul preaching. The assurance that God is going to do this through Jesus is that he raised him from the dead. Luke's gospel says, thus it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem. So the good news started there, but is spread and continues to spread today to all nations. So is Jesus really the Christ? Is he really the Messiah? I would agree with you. Yes. Let's see what Jesus has to say. So we're going to begin with a big old list. Jesus claimed to be. Now this is where the the promise, and I'm going to do my best. Hopefully we don't get to the end and you say, ah, promises, promises. (laughs) Jesus claimed to be. The one who must be lifted up, that means crucified, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life, John three fourteen. The one who could and would make us never thirst again. I'm not going to read every one of these uh, verses. They, they'll pop up there at the end, but that'll save a little time. The one in whom the father had entrusted all judgment with the intent that all would honor Jesus. Jesus said this about himself. The one whose word brings eternal life. The prophesied son of man of the Old Testament with authority to execute judgment. The one whose voice would call all who have died to either a resurrection of life or a resurrection of judgment. Jesus claimed to be the one Moses wrote about. The bread of life who came down from heaven in whom we'll never hunger or thirst. He's talking about spiritual hunger or thirst. The one who would not lose anything or anyone the Father gives him, but raise him up on the last day. That one's worth tracking down in your Bible, underlining it. He will not lose anyone the Father gives him, but raise him up on the last day. The one whose very words are spirit and life. The one who would cause rivers of living water to flow from our hearts. And then John tells us also that, that he's speaking about the spirit of God. Rivers of living water are going to flow from us. And Jesus is the cause. Jesus claimed to be the light of the world. He claimed to be sent from the Father, from above, not of this world. And he says, unless you believe that I am, that, that I am he, you will die in your sins. 
How could you say that, Jesus? And yet he did. Unless you believe I'm the one, you die in your sins. He claimed to be the son of God who could set us free from sin. The one whose word would keep us from death. And we're talking about spiritual death. Not that we won't die, but that we will be raised to new life with Christ. Okay. The door whom we can enter and be saved and find abundant life. The one who would lay down his life for us rather than save his own life. He claimed to be the one who could lay down his life and have the authority to take it up again. That no one could take his life unless he allowed it to happen. That he had received this charge from God the Father. Isn't that amazing? No one can take my life unless I lay it down, unless I let this happen. And I have authority not only to lay down my life, I have authority to take my life up again. Now, any of us could claim that. And yet Jesus, which you read a little bit ago at the beginning of the meeting, actually rose from the dead. He claimed to be the one who gives eternal life and that no one could snatch us out of his hand or the father's hand. That's, ugh, that's good news. He claimed to be one with the father. Basically, I and the father are one. That's pretty clear. He claimed to be working on behalf of the father. Claimed to be the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, says Jesus, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asks his friend Martha, do you believe this? And Martha's response, I hope ours as well, would be, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who's coming into the world. Jesus claimed to be the one who must be followed. And that where he is, there will his followers be also, and that all who follow him will be honored by the Father. He claimed the one who, he, was, he is the one who would draw all men unto himself when I am lifted up. Speaking of the cross. The one whose word would judge all men on the last day. The one whose very words, both his teaching and his promise, were commanded and commissioned by God the Father. God's own words. He claimed to be the one who would prepare a place for us in his Father's house. And would come again to take us there. He claimed to be the way, not just a way. He claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. And then he makes the most audacious statement. This, this doesn't ring well in our modern culture. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. But the good news is, Everyone can come to the Father through him. No matter your past, no matter your history, no matter how terrible you think you are, no matter how shameful you know you are, everyone can come to the Father through Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. We have a song we sing around here. You are the way. Jesus, you're the way we've been looking for. He claimed to be the one through whom we know and see the Father.
then he says, I'm commissioning you to do the same works and greater works. This one still makes me scratch my head. I don't know how you feel about that. The the works that Jesus did, if we took the time and, and really did read through John's gospel or Matthew or Mark or Luke, and we read what Jesus did in the way just massive groups of people would come and everyone would be healed. That's amazing. People who, they were mentally extremely ill. They were even to the point of being oppressed by demons. And Jesus could, with a word, set them free. Wow. People who were struggling with leprosy and not only would their leprosy be gone, but their bodies would be restored. That means like missing fingers and toes. It's incredible stuff that Jesus would do. And then he would speak life to people. And he would say, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. And then Jesus would say, the very things that I do, you're going to do and greater But this is what he claimed. I read that and I think, oh God, do it. Do it. Do it. Now we know the nations are turning to Christ and the nations are seeing their sins forgiven on a a level that never happened in Jesus' lifetime. He was setting the stage for it. I want to see all of it. Come on, Jesus. The one who would ask the Father to send the Spirit to be with us and help us forever. The one who would not leave us as orphans, but come to us and cause us to live because he lives. This is Jesus not going to abandon us. This is the claim. He's the one in whose name we can ask the Father all things Directly, It means you have the exact same access to the Father that Jesus did. You have the exact same access to the Father that the leaders of Destination Church do. Or the leaders of any church in town do. You have access and you can come to the Father through Jesus yourself. That's cool. He claimed to be the one who, not who will overcome the world, but who has overcome the world. The one who has authority to give eternal life to all whom the Father has given him. It's like, I can do this. I have the authority to do this. I have the right to do this. I can speak forgiveness of your sins and your sins will be forgiven. I can, I can set the way for eternal life for you and you can actually have it because I have the authority to do this. He claimed to be the one who had glory with the Father before the world Existed. That means Jesus wasn't just born 2,000 years ago-ish as a human. He did come as a human, but he existed from the dawn of time. John's gospel, the beginning, tells us that it was through Jesus. He was the word of God at creation and that nothing that was created in all the universe was created apart from Jesus, but through him. Amazing. Jesus claimed to be sending us into the world. He claimed to be the one who bears witness to the truth and to whom all are of the truth 
will listen. And that, he's like, look, if, if you think you're of the truth and you claim that you're of the truth, you will listen to the words that I'm saying. That's cool. The promise of a restored creation, all things made right and new, has begun in the resurrection of Jesus. All God's promises are yes and amen. Amen means so be it. There's even a sense of thank you in amen. It's actually a cool word. But there's this stamp on with amen. All of God's promises are yes and they are amen in Jesus. And the proof is the resurrection. All of our faith, all of our Christian faith actually stands or falls on the resurrection of Jesus. Did he rise again from the dead or did he not? If he didn't, then we should go do something else and enjoy your chocolate bunnies. (laughs) I mean, you can enjoy your chocolate bunnies anyway. I will. But the proof that Jesus is all of these things, all of these things he claimed to be and all that he claimed he could do is in the resurrection. So is our faith futile? No, our faith is not futile. Can you say with Jesus' friend Martha, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ. I believe you are the Son of God who is coming into the world. And I'm asking that like for real, legitimately. You don't have to answer me out loud, but can you say that? Yes, I believe. Jesus' claim is, if you can say that from your heart, yes, I believe you're the one. I'm, yes, I'm listening to you. Yes, I'm hearing you. I'm trusting you. If you can say that honestly to him, his promise to you is, I will see you all the way through. And though you die, and, and we will, we'll all die. Unless Jesus comes back first, we are all going to die. But he says, when that happens... I will raise you to new life and you actually have eternal life with me. And I can do this. And the proof is when he says, I have authority to lay down my life and I have authority to take it up again. And he did it. I'm not going to go into a big, uh, they call it apologetics. doesn't mean apologizing. It means this big strong argument for why the resurrection is legitimate. Uh, but the, the facts are out there. The proof is, is so, so strong. Uh, and if anybody wants to talk more about that in coming days or weeks, I, I love that kind of thing. I, that's a blast to sit down and talk about. Um, today, we're just proclaiming it. He rose from the dead. He can do what he claims to do in your life. He can set you free from the impossible, and he can lead you into life that is impossible in any, any other way. It's impossible, but Jesus can do it. Jesus is inviting every one of us today to put our faith and our trust in his work. His sacrifice that was the atonement. He paid the price for your sin. He paid the price 
for all of it. He's inviting us to put our faith and our trust in his work, his sacrificial death in our place, taking the wages that were due to us for our sin upon himself. He invites us to put our faith in him, his resurrection, his victory over all sin and death. In Christ, hell has lost. And God has won. So what? So what, right? Promises, promises. So what? Well, your wages have been paid and received by God himself. In Christ, all who believe can now receive the reward Jesus eternally possesses. And that's this. Life everlasting in perfect relationship with God the Father and his family. This is all available for you and me. Promised to us through Christ. If you're willing, I'm going to pray this prayer. And I'd invite you to pray it with me. Lord, can this be true? Can I be forgiven and counted worthy of everlasting life with you? I confess that I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness and your salvation. I believe that you paid and received the wages for my sin the punishment that I deserved and you died in my place. If you can, if you're willing, just say it to the Lord. I believe this. I believe you did this. I believe you died in my place. I believe you purchased my life and my salvation through your own love and with your own blood Jesus, you proved your love for me and for all who would believe. You rose again victorious over all my sin and over all the powers of hell and over the very grave itself. Now, this is important. We don't pray this flippantly. Jesus, because of your grace toward me, I choose to trust you. And I choose to follow you. My life is yours. By your grace, I turn from my own sinful ways to walk in yours. Thank you for choosing me. For loving me. For saving me. And for declaring me yours forever. Thank you for making me a part of your family your people, your church. Now, Jesus, we just ask together, may our lives honor you together and may we declare your victory forever.